everyone. Welcome to the Backseat Directors Podcast, where movie theaters are our sanctuary and movies are lifeblood. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and you are listening to episode 116. Today, I will be joined by my regular co-host, Ryan Nevin of the Life of Films movie blog and friend of the podcast, Brian Ray of DR Movie News on Twitter. Today, we will be discussing all things Zack Snyder's Justice League. The review will contain spoilers and we'll announce later later on in the show when spoilers will be discussed. But before we dive in, I want to give a quick synopsis, <laughs> well, as quick as possible, of this intricate and very detailed uh, journey to, to Zack Snyder's Justice League and what exactly Zack Snyder's Justice, Justice League is. So join me as we take a quick trip to the past, four years to be exact. Zack Snyder has finished all principal photography for Justice League when word of his daughter's suicide turns the Snyder's family life upside down. Zack has already been in a constant battle with Warner Brothers studio executives regarding his Justice League movie after the critical panning of Batman v Superman just one year prior. Studio mandates of making the movie more lighthearted, more funny, add more jokes, and make sure that it is no more than a two-hour runtime had pushed Zack to his limits. And now the death of his daughter, Autumn, pushed him to the breaking point. Zack Snyder decides to step down as director of Justice League. Warner Brothers scrambles to find a new director to take over the film so they can keep the original release date intact for November later that year. The studio pivots and hires famed Marvel Avengers director Joss Whedon to to take over the project. The studio releases a false statement saying that Zack had handpicked Joss to finish the project and that very little of what Zack had already shot was going to change. The public and fans were duped when Justice League premiered in November 2017. It was met with heavily mixed reviews from both critics and audience members. It was an absolute financial flop at the box office, becoming the worst grossing movie in the DCEU behind Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Suicide Squad. Longtime Snyder fans had readily noticed that the movie released in theaters resembled nothing like a Zack Snyder movie. Snyder has been, has been wowing audiences for over 15 years with a very distinct visual style that makes his movies look like comic books come to life. None of these distinct characteristics were present in the movie that Warner Brothers had released to the world. As fans began to dig into original trailer footage and photographs previously released by Zack Snyder, the fans began to speculate that much of the film had been altered. And if it had been altered so drastically that perhaps there must be a cut of the film that was true to Zack Snyder's vision. That very same weekend, the first tweet of what has now become possibly the most used hashtag ever was sent out into the online world. A call to hashtag release the Snyder Cut. As time went on and more details were released to the public regarding the production of Justice League post Zack Snyder, fans all over the world were convinced that another version of this movie did in fact exist. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut became the rallying cry of fans all over the world. Massive fan campaigns to bring awareness to the Snyder Cut of Justice League began in earnest. Fans from all over the world donated in order to put up bus stop posters, billboards in California, electronic billboards in Times Square, ribbon boards during soccer matches in the Premier League, and even planes flying over Warner Brothers Studios with the message hashtag release the Snyder Cut in tow. Along with these campaigns, fans donated approximately $500,000 to Zack Snyder's charity of choice, AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. 
The nearly three year, uh, for nearly three years, fans were relentless. And then, on May 20th, 2020, the impossible happened. Zack Snyder broke the news on a live Vero stream that the Snyder Cut had been given the green light and would be arriving on HBO Max in March of 2021. Now that you have a basic understanding of what Zack Snyder's Justice League is and the efforts that went into make this movie possible, let's welcome Rye and Brian to the show. All right, fellas, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to see both of you here. And I'm very much looking forward to our conversation that we're going to be having about Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, a.k.a. the Snyder Cut. Rye, all the way over in the UK, Rye with uh, Life of Films. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Good to be back. It's uh, been a little while, hasn't it? But been brought together by uh, Justice League. So excited to chat about that. I know. Brought, brought together again, like three and a half years later. <laughs> <laughs> another justice league movie and then we have brian uh the i mean brian you, you got to help us out I, I i know like i know you probably want to give credit to you know to your your buddies that help you start your twitter account but man it's pretty much just you on dr movie news and so uh brian with dr movie news on twitter the incredible uh movie twitter account that is continuing to grow welcome back to the podcast man Hello, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk. It's always a pleasure to talk uh, Zack Snyder, really. But I feel like we just talked about Zack Snyder just a couple months ago with uh, with Wonder Woman, and that wasn't that the last show we did. It was the last show we did. Yeah, we did Wonder Woman '84, and basically we just wish that Zack Snyder had directed that movie instead of Patty Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> um but but we'll uh yeah we'll just invite our listeners if you guys want to go back and listen to that episode that was our uh most recent episode before uh before this one so um but we have got a a very fun and exciting conversation coming uh to you guys today we're going to be talking all things Zack snyder's justice league um we're going to talk about kind of like our our thoughts about the release of snyder cup movement um kind of our involvement in it uh however big or small and uh and then uh, toward the end we'll we're going to talk about the new variety variety article that came out today uh that interviewed uh, i think it's uh her name's ann sarnoff but I, you guys correct me if i'm wrong i think she is warner media's studios ceo i i because i i'm pretty sure so jason keelar is the ceo of warner media and I think she's right under him. So anyway, she's one of the big suits over at Warner Media, and she did not have very happy or exciting news to share regarding Zack Snyder uh, and his potential involvement in future DC movies. So, and then uh, we'll end things off uh, with some uh, some fan questions that we had submitted to us on Twitter. So, um, Brian, I'm going to start with you, man, because you are um, a a self proclaimed marvel fanatic and and i and and i know i mean more more so because of your age and kind of when marvel the mcu started coming out you've grown up with these movies like this is the 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 mcu has been your jam and so um having your perspective on here i think is really interesting because i want to know what your experience has been regarding the dceu Zack snyder uh zach snyder's movies in the dceu and kind of your interest and in how that has grown into 
Zack Snyder's Justice League. So give me give me your experience with all of this and how you got to where you are now. So yeah, I mean, I have always been a massive fan of DC Comics. Like that's really the comics that I grew up on. Uh, but Marvel movies, I feel like those have been the most consistent movies since I was a kid. My first movie to ever see in a theater, well, my first superhero movie to ever see in a theater was Ang Lee's Hulk. And I was four years old, and I got uh, my dad took me to go see that. So uh, Iron Man, Iron Man came out when I was in I don't know, second grade. So yeah, it, I've really grown up with uh, the Marvel movies, but I've also grown up with the DC movies. Uh, I'm in middle school. That's when Man of Steel came out for me, and I was a massive fan of Man of Steel. I I loved it mostly because I was never a massive fan of Superman, and it was a totally different take. And I loved that. Uh, I loved seeing Superman be able to fight. You know, we had never seen that in a movie. I remember going to see Superman Returns, and I was just—it was a snoozer. And I, but I was a kid; it was, it was super, it was super boring. I still liked it because I was a kid, and it was Superman. But uh, but Man of Steel is really what uh, what opened my eyes to what Superman can do in terms of power, and uh, it, it was just a totally different take. And it, that really got me on to Zack Snyder was Man of Steel. After I watched Man of Steel, I checked out 300, and I loved 300. And uh, I checked out, uh, I, I guess I checked out Suit, uh, Sucker Punch after that. Wasn't a massive fan, but uh, I, was all, I always loved his style. I, I loved the style of filmmaking. I loved how much it looked like a graphic novel with just his impossible camera shots that you wouldn't see in any other movie. Uh, but I, I always really admired his style, and I loved that he went in a darker route, and, and I was always on board because Nolan was on board, because Nolan was a big supporter of Zack from the start. So, yeah, I, I've always been on board with his vision, uh, especially for Superman, and I know that's a pretty controversial take because I'm Superman in the DCU is super controversial because he's not the Christopher Reeve at all yeah uh version that uh older generations grew up with but uh i would say that super like henry cavill superman is my superman like this is a superman that like kids my age we grew up loving and to see it just kind of thrown away his superman thrown away we'll get into it with the with justice league but uh Warner Brothers' decisions to, to not move forward with uh, Zach's vision for this character is just mind-boggling to me. But yeah, yeah, it's and we and we will get into it more because I do want to talk about that. I think Henry Henry Cavill is is very important to to what Warner Brothers is or you know and isn't planning on doing as well because yeah. Yeah, his involvement with kind of the release of Snyder Cut movement has also been very, it's been very controversial because he hasn't really been involved and he hasn't been, you know, really supportive or vocal in any form or fashion other than that uh, uh, Man of Steel watch party that Zach hosted last year when they, you know, announced the release of the Snyder Cut. But all right, Rye, and since you are our resident Christopher Nolan fanatic here. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, we all love Christopher Nolan, but I don't think we love him as much as you do, Rye. Um, but uh, I, I want to know, Rye, for you, because I remember you telling me uh, uh, maybe a year or so ago when we were talking about Christopher Nolan's Batman and stuff like that, and that you weren't really a fan of Batman at all, but Christopher Nolan made you a fan of Batman. And so I'm curious to know what your, you know, kind of your experience has been with the you know dc superhero movies obviously you know yeah you're a massive fan of the dark knight trilogy and then kind of the uh you know the approach that warner brothers took with with ben affleck and stuff like that so just kind of like what brian did tell us what your lead-up has been to this point um so yeah so like you said i've um i've never been a huge batman fan until nolan um essentially reinvigorated the character gave him real real purpose and stuff and i think that i think uh, zach has that that similar feel with with ben affleck's batman i think he i think it's a shame he never got to see anymore because i think it seems like he is a um, has a lot of purpose and zach's given ben affleck's batman a lot of purpose so so both so i'm happy with with ben affleck's batman i don't think he's better than christian bale but i um i i enjoy him nonetheless i've in terms of like uh, the overall like DC side of things, like Superman is up there with with my favourite superheroes. Um, I'd ha- it's hard to pick between him, Spider Man, or, or Captain America. But I I'd, I'd probably say that Superman would be probably number one for me if if I had a gun to my head, um, because I grew up watching the, the TV show Smallville, uh, which Brian was probably maybe a little bit before your time, and Andre maybe a little bit after your time. I think I think <laughs> it was really a sweet spot for me in terms of really growing up and and that show really gave superman purpose and and zack snyder i think i'm not saying that he obviously obviously reads the comics and stuff but he seems to have really taken the concept they had in smallville um and and brought it to like the on the big screen was really smallville really captured this the, the human side of superman more so of this he is a human being yes he is an alien and stuff like that and that but he is a human being with this burden of of godlike powers and with that it like how does he just go about his his life and that's what zach really understood and that's why i i love man of steel i think at first when i first saw it i had really high expectations i thought it was going to be the equivalent of the dark knight christopher nolan was involved goya was writing it and i really liked snyder so i thought it was going to be potentially like better than the dark knight because it's going to be like these people but a part of my favorite superhero uh it wasn't but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad film because i think that the dark knight is the best film ever made so that's <laughs> a very high standards um i think like it lets itself down a little bit when it becomes towards the end and it becomes very bombastic and it, it loses its original tone a bit but that's just what brings it down in quality in terms of it not being one of the best superhero films best films ever I really hold it in high regard and and like I say because Zach gave Clark and uh, Superman like purpose and I I don't believe that Reeve Superman had that as much I think it they focus much on Superman being very joyful and how he made people feel and stuff like that is great where Snyder really focused on on the human aspects of what it's like to be Superman and and the burden it would be and and the inspiring part of of really exasperating the fact of when you can do good you should do good so certainly like the spider-man like with um like responsibility and stuff he's he has that but tenfold it's like he is someone that 
cannot just sit around and, and watch bad things happen to the to the planet and he has a choice to make like um like Park Kent says like he has a choice to make what character is going to be good or bad he's going to change the world but he's he's going to do something and I just love all that so so for me that's why it's been it's really important um overall just because of the way he's taken on Superman all the other characters I've grown to like but it's all it's all about Superman for me and always will be have you guys been um have you been invested in in Snyder's vision for the DC movies and the DC universe from like the get go in Man of Steel, or do you feel like your interest and investment in the DC, well Snyder's DCEU, has increased over time, especially now with the release of of Zack Snyder's Justice League? Brian, won't you go? Uh, I've been invested ever since uh, I heard that there was a batman easter egg and man of steel so i went and saw it again with some friends and we looked for it and it was on the satellite you saw the wayne enterprises and from then on we were like oh my gosh batman and superman are gonna team up i've been invested ever since 2013 when it came out yeah were you a fan of bbs what about bbs bbs was an interesting experience uh one of the most hyped movies ever yeah. Uh, the hype the hype for that movie was unbelievable um went and saw it i went and saw it actually i was on spring breaks came out in march I, I saw it at an imax at universal studios in florida uh which was really cool nice. thursday night and it was a weird like everybody was hyped but everybody walking out it was weird it was weird half everybody it, it, it honestly seemed half and half some people were just like yeah and then some people were just like, wow, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So, it, it, and I was kind of in the middle. Like, I, there was there was definitely things I didn't like about it. I didn't like how, like, random it was. I felt like the story didn't make much sense, which it didn't really until we got the ultimate cut uh, a few months later with the Blu-ray release. But uh, I, I really loved a, a lot of what DVS was. I really didn't love a lot. Uh, I really loathed uh, uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, I, I hated Jesse Eisenberg's take. I'm I, he's better now, I guess, I, mostly <laughs> because he has a lot less to do. But <laughs> but I, I I just remember just it was like Ugh, I don't I don't like I don't like what he's going for. I understand what he's going for, but I he's just not the Lex Luthor I grew up with watching in the cartoons. And it's not the it's not the Lex Luthor I I liked reading about. He wasn't just he wasn't a powerful businessman, evil businessman figure. Instead, he was just kind of like a whiny baby that's kind of sadistic, and it, he kind of felt more like a Joker type character, and and less like a Lex. So that was really my main issue with BVS. But but yeah, I I, I really respect what. Zack Snyder really like aimed for the fences with BVS. It was a real, a truly different movie than any of us ever expected. But uh, the ground, it, it's it's still a necessary movie, especially for for Justice League. Like it, it definitely holds a lot of weight. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still pretty mixed on it. Um, I don't rewatch it that often. Not near as much as Man of Steel. I, I watch Man of Steel quite quite a bit. And I watch a lot of the fight scenes on YouTube if I'm just, you know, just bored <laughs> and waiting in line somewhere. It's like, oh, I'll throw on my AirPods and watch the Zod and Superman fight at the end. <laughs> All right. But yeah. It, yeah. Well, so, um, I, I mean, has 
has BVS um do you feel that that in your in your eyes BVS has improved now that Zack Snyder's Justice League has come out? Do you feel like that that movie like has maybe like increased in in its level of entertainment or quality for you since since the debut of Zack Snyder's Justice League? I, I gotta be honest, I'm not exactly like I respect it more, and I'm glad I know like the ins and outs of the story where I can connect things uh, that happen in Justice League to the things that happen in BVS. Like I, I like having all the knowledge, but I just don't really think it's that much of an entertaining movie that I can just go back and watch whenever. It's kind of it's a commitment. It's three hours, and a lot of it's yeah. just like it. It, it, it's just it's a tough watch in in some scenes but i mean there's scenes that i love but there's just not enough scenes that i love that would uh keep me coming back yeah all right ryan what about you man well, uh, so i i'm curious like your your investment in the dceu what what has kind of been your um like like have you always been excited from day one or have you been kind of more cautiously optimistic? And then like, obviously up to the lead up to Zack Snyder's justice league, like, have you feel like you've become more invested? What, what, what's your experience been? Uh, no, I think I've been pretty, um, pretty highly invested in it quite a bit. I've always enjoyed its tonal shift to Marvel. Um, and then always being a bit more aimed at the adult side of things, um, to be honest. So no, I, I was, yes, they always pretty, pretty invested on a, on a similar level with all of it. Like it's man of steel. I really enjoyed BVS, but can clearly understand its faults. I've never, I don't think I'd get too much, many arguments with people that to say that it's a, a, a good film. I think that a lot of people can find stuff they enjoy in it. And a lot of people can find stuff they don't enjoy in it. And that's just the, the nature of the beast in that film. And I, and I think Zach kind of knows that as well. I think that's the difference between Zach and Marvel. I think Marvel tried to tick all the boxes boxes where Zach's DC tries to tick a certain amount of boxes and do those certain areas really well but if you are looking for a film that has the other boxes that aren't ticked then you ain't going to enjoy it but if you are looking for the film where the tick that he's ticked those boxes for you then you're really going to enjoy it and I think that's why people like really really like it or really really hate it because he, he does the stuff that people like really well and I like most of the stuff that Zach goes for um so it works out so yeah so overall i i've always said that with wanting to get zach's justice league was just close was just closure for me really um i I haven't expected there to be anything else after it so i'm not too shocked um other than the fact that i think he he sadly leaves it a bit open which i think maybe it's a bit unfair i think that he's added extra stuff in which leaves it open where unless they had the conversation that they were going to do more i think it would have been better to try and close it off and give closure to fans more so we can move on with really DC. really <laughs> so like that's, that's interesting a little bit for me I okay just, like, even to the point where like i just felt there's a certain things even like when you see superman at the end like open up his shirt and he's still wearing like the black suit underneath it and stuff like that there's loads of little things i felt that were just a bit a bit odd but uh but that that's why i really wanted it i just wanted i just wanted proper closure not the stuff that justice league happened just really seeing these characters kind of go there what end in the way that needed to be done and Zach finish off the story that he had he had to tell and stuff but I feel like we kind of haven't got that now so I don't really know how to feel <laughs> okay okay but before okay before we get into our our discussion of the movie though okay I'm just gonna say this I'll just add this real quickly about kind of my my experience and kind of the lead up to where we are now I I I 
the way that I view my my kind of uh, my fandom experience, not just within DC movies, but with kind of just like nerd culture in general, right? As as a kid of the '80s, like I grew up with all of this stuff, like Ninja Turtles, Michael Keaton's Batman, Christopher Reeve's Superman. Like these were things that shaped my childhood in countless ways. Like I was obsessed with these things as a child, but like many people, um, nerd culture was not as popular and not nearly as mainstream as it is today. It is, I mean, really, like, I, I mean, the the idea that, you know, someone would be, you know, oh, like, I like nerdy things. Like, that's, like, pretty commonplace nowadays. And I think Marvel, in many ways, has has created that more societal type environment for for people to claim like i enjoy these types of things right like like my wife watches you know we watched wandavision together like my wife doesn't care about superhero stuff but like it's become so mainstream that like everybody enjoys it right so anyway what i'm saying is this that i lost i i lost touch with this like kind of nerd side of me and the things that i loved like even though like i was obsessed with star wars and all these other things as a kid like through my teenage years i i stopped you know reading comics watching these kinds of movies i stopped because it just wasn't like when i look back it just wasn't that cool right and so i i mean i remember i remember going to the theaters and seeing man of steel i don't remember what i thought or how i felt or anything i saw it once and that's it and it wasn't until bvs came out that i went and bought man of steel to watch it again and so like like my my lead up and experience to zack snyder's justice league has been very tumultuous to say the least so like like it was probably it was probably the force awakens that reawakened my inner child and like the nerd took over right because before that i didn't really care about any of this stuff like in marvel i don't i don't even i know i saw avengers in 2012 in theaters i don't even remember the movie though like like the the and I know I saw all the Iron Man movies in theaters too, but I don't remember seeing them. Like, and so like the, these memories of like, you know, the, the superhero obsession in cinema, I just don't really have that many memories. And, the, and my memory of BBS was I saw it once in theaters and I didn't really like it. And that was the end of it. Right. But right. It, it was actually in 2017 when you and I met for the first time and we talked, um, I had you on the podcast and and I mentioned that I didn't really like BVS and uh and I probably uh, used harsher words than that and you caught me off guard when you told me that you actually liked it and I'm like okay hold on a sec I I think I need to go back and revisit these movies and so it was in 2017 that I did and so I got back into Man of Steel and I got the ultimate edition of BVS I'm like holy cow these movies are actually really good I actually really like these movies and I, I think I understand what Zack is going for and so when Justice League came out at the end of 2017 I was hyped I was so excited but I think like the rest of the world we were completely naive to what was happening behind the scenes and so when that movie came out it was pretty jarring I think to a lot of people but here we are here we are, and we have now seen Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, basically, the movie that we should have gotten back in November 2017. Um, we have now seen it on HBO Max. Brian, you were the first to see this movie. You got a screener. 
which is very cool, man. Very cool. Um, and, uh, and then Ryan, Ryan and I, we saw it, uh, we saw it like the rest of the, the peons and peasants uh, <laughs> on March 18th when it finally debuted. Uh, but Brian, man, tell me tell me what you're like. Uh, did you watch it with family, friends? Where did you watch it? Did you have a good viewing experience? Was it on a big TV? Tell us what it was like for you. Yeah, so it was, it was a cool experience. Uh, I got hooked up with a, uh, with a source that uh, I, I got in and that I got the email and I remember I'm just looking at my email every day because I was hearing people were watching I was like I could I should be getting this any second I would check it every day and then it finally popped up and it wouldn't work it took me so long to watch that screener because there was so much security that I had to go through to watch it <laughs> uh, so I and and I'm I'm at a like a student apartment in uh, our college town and it, it it wouldn't work with our Wi-Fi, so I, it was just so annoying. So I uh, I just decided I'm like screw it, I'm just gonna drive home. So I drove home, and uh, me and my mom actually watched it. <laughs> and my and my mom's like as general audience, she's as general as a viewer could be watching this movie. She didn't really remember anything that happened in Batman vs Superman. Didn't really remember anything that happened in Man of Steel. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, mom, you're getting early access. We're watching this early. <laughs> and she's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> she, she's like, I'll grade. My mom's a teacher. She said, I'll grade papers while you watch it. And we were getting into it. And she was having a hard time grading her papers because she was getting so sucked in. And uh, that was really cool. So we watched it all. And my roommates, I, I immediately text them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is this is so good. It delivers. And, and they're like, well, uh we're going to come down to your mom's then. <laughs> so my roommates all came over, all came down and we all watched it. And my, uh, here we got a, uh, I think it's a 65 inch 4k TV. So it looked great. So, uh, yeah, that was the experience. And it was just the week of me talking to you guys on D- DMS and, uh, and just kind of going back to my favorite scenes and watching them over and over, especially the the nightmare scene. I was like, oh my gosh, that that exchange between Batman and Joker. I remember watching that over and over the week before it came out. But uh, yeah, it, it, I was really, really excited that it was good because, uh, you know, I wasn't going to be dishonest if I didn't like it, even though it's my first big screener. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... You know, I, I was going to give an honest review, and it was just such a sigh of relief when it turned out to be such an awesome movie. So, so yeah, and I watched—I've seen—I think I've seen it four times. I, I watched it with uh, some other friends, and uh, I went up—I watched it with my dad this weekend, and he dug it. So that's awesome yeah. man four times dude I, i've i've had time to watch it twice that's it but uh dude that's great man for uh, 16 hours worth of Zack justice league eating up every second i love it nice man <laughs> i love it i love it so uh right uh what so right you are six hours ahead of me because we just had uh daylight savings um so i mean i i stayed up my brother and i we uh we we did we did a little DCEU movie marathon leading up to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, we started Monday night with Man of Steel. Um, love that movie, absolutely love that movie. By far my favorite. It's my favorite Zack Snyder movie, and it's my favorite. It, it's probably my favorite DC movie. Uh, then BVS, the Ultimate Edition, on Tuesday night, and then on Wednesday 
We watched Wonder Woman, um, which surprisingly, surprisingly works really well with those first two movies. Um, I, 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 I thought it was going to feel a lot different just, you know, cause I haven't watched Wonder Woman in a while. And the last Wonder Woman I watched was Wonder Woman 84. And so, but man, I really like the 2017 Wonder Woman movie. And then we stayed up till one in the morning when here in mountain time in Utah, finally it dropped on HBO max and we stayed up till freaking five in the morning watching Zack Snyder's justice league. So that was my experience, Rye. You, you waited until after work, didn't you? Um, over there in England. Yeah, yeah, we. Um, I watched it over. Yeah, I just waited and watched it here. Nothing really too special, to be honest. Just working and yeah, and then just pops it on. Really, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we're in we're in lockdown here and stuff, which means like you can't really do anything with anyone or anything, and no cinemas are open or anything like that. So, so pretty uh, pretty standard movie viewing experience, to be honest. Did you watch it with your girlfriend, or did you have anyone over? Was it just you? Uh. Well, since we're in lockdown, we, I'm not really allowed to uh, see it with anyone. So, That's uh, all right, so man. We're not going to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I, uh, I watched it with my, um, yeah, with a buddy of mine. Uh, so, so yeah, he was massive into watching uh, like films. We we go to cinema and stuff together all the time. Um, he's kind of like, well, he's like my oldest friend, but uh, but yeah, he's like my cinema buddy as well. We. We probably me and him probably just go to cinema like once a week when the cinemas were open. So, so now it's so it's been a big shame that we haven't been able to do that because it's a good good thing that we enjoy a good bonding thing between us. So, so that's been a real shame. But yeah, we managed to say it was good. That was kind of pretty cool for us to be able to to enjoy this together. Um, so yeah, so that was that's my viewing experience. Yeah. So um, we uh, like between the three of us, we were kind of messaging and just kind of like, okay, like let's not, let's not like go into this until we record our podcast. Like, I don't want to give too much away. Right. You and I, I think we've, we <laughs> day, like as the days have gone on since the debut of Zack Snyder's justice league, we, uh, we've been kind of, uh, unable to resist texting just a little bit about the movie, right? So, but I, Brian, I know you liked, and I've read your review on on your uh, Letterbox account, and uh, um, you you gave it a four and a half out of five. So, uh, listeners, before we go into spoilers, we're just going to kind of give our brief overview, and uh, like obviously we 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 enjoyed the movie, but uh, yeah, just um, yeah, just kind of just tell us your quick review of the movie and, you know, maybe why you gave it a four and a half out of five. And uh, and then, yeah, and then, Ryan, I'll go to you. Uh, yeah, I was really blown away by how balanced it was in terms of tone. Because I, I had just, uh, a week before I saw Justice League, I, uh, we, I rewatched uh, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. And uh, I actually had Batman Superman at like a seven out, and I dropped it to a six after uh, after rewatching it. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, so I was I was kind of skeptical. I'm really really excited, obviously, to watch it. But uh, no, from literally the first frame, I was in, and it, the way that Zach tells the story, there's a mil- we've seen this a few times with Infinity War and Endgame, but you have a bunch of storylines, so you got to balance between all these characters, and it was done in honestly a different way than the Marvel movies do it. I mean, because it's this is the first, you know, it, it felt more like Infinity War than the original Avengers, and it's like the first Justice League movie. That's what I thought was so 
crazy about it because it felt super epic, obviously, with just Lord of the Rings feeling like the imagery was great. And just one thing that really sucked me in the most was uh, the score. The score was amazing. And uh, going back and watching, because uh, I rewatched uh, Justice League, the Justice version uh, <laughs> the other night. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, just out of curiosity. And it's crazy how horrible that score is by Danny Elfman. It just seems like uh, Danny Elfman, prob- you know, like Joss Whedon, probably got like a month to write an entire score, just like Joss got an entire, like a month maybe to reshoot an entire movie. Um, but no, every, the pacing was great. The, the character development was fantastic. You know, you had to set up Cyborg, you had to set up, uh, Aquaman, you had to set up Flash. It, really, really well done. Uh, it, I was not a fan of Ezra Miller's version of the Flash at all. I really actually honestly disliked his version watching it in, uh, 2017. And I, I thought that they really upped his game a little bit in this. It, his, his scenes were really, really entertaining. Uh, his dialogue wasn't as goofy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just, it's, it's such an engaging movie, uh, especially, and, and that's saying something for it being four hours long, Yeah, but I wasn't bored. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's been one of the, that's been one of the more interesting things that I've seen a lot of people online say, you know, even, even kind of the more, uh, you know, not, not not Snyder fans, but just more, you know, critics or casual fans or just people like, wow, like th- th- those four hours really flew by. And uh, and, and even in the, the Avengers um, Infinity War and Endgame movies, we got close to that three hour mark. I think is Infinity War a little bit longer than Endgame or is Endgame no, longer? Uh, uh, Endgame is longer by like 30 minutes, I think. Oh, is I it think. really? I mean, yeah, does yeah, Endgame get to the thir- uh, to the three hour mark? Yeah. Yeah, Endgame I think is three hours and two minutes, and uh, Infinity War I think is like two twenty five or two twenty six, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, because I remember, I remember when the movie time, especially if, well for Infinity War, that that is my favorite Avengers movie, by the way. Um, I I've watched that more than any other Avengers movie, but um, I remember when that the, the movie came out and they, you know, the release time and all that, and with Endgame, I think I remember have a good memory of that. But anyway, I was just like, wow, man, when was the last time we got this long of a movie in theaters? I mean. You know, has it been since Lord of the Rings? Was that the last time that they're releasing three-hour movies in cinema? Like, it, it does not happen that often. Um, but uh, I, one of the things that you said to us, Brian, and this is when I was like, wow, Brian really likes this movie. And so it got me pretty pumped before I'd seen it. You had told us that, uh, and coming from a huge MCU fan, man, this is why I was like, wow, this is great. You said that you thought that Zack Snyder's Justice League was uh, better than the first two Avengers movies. I was like, dang, man, that is high praise coming from Brian. <laughs> I, I stand by it. I stand by it. I, I think it's a, it's just, it, it's an achievement in filmmaking. It really is. And uh, I mean, Batman's my favorite superhero. So it's just seeing him and his character growth from BVS was so satisfying because I, I really like uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. But him in this movie, while he didn't have like you know any standout action scenes like the warehouse fight or the fight between Superman and him, 
uh, his character was a lot more like Batman, I felt, than he was in Batman versus Superman. So nice. Okay, Ry, let's hear it, man. Give us give us your quick overview. You know, I, I know uh, when you when you had texted me and I said. I think I said, well, I don't think it's a perfect movie. You said that you were relieved that you thought I was going to think it was the greatest movie ever made or something like that. So, I mean, from from the three of us, it sounds like we, we all three enjoyed it, but we had different, uh, I guess, overall opinions of the movie. So give us kind of your, your spoiler-free overall opinion. Uh, so, yeah, so I think if I was having to give it a, a star rating, so obviously Brian gave it four and a half, I would probably go down more. For me, it'd probably be like, like a four yeah yeah i think i'd give it four stars um so like in it like maybe like an eight out of ten i think it was a i think it was a really solid film um i think overall it was obviously um far better than justice league i was disappointed at the fact that justice league even kind of exists because i think that maybe i'd have enjoyed because even though we got four like probably like nearly two, over two hours more footage the overall story um and like critical like checkpoints of the film was still the same like there was no more action scenes for example the action scenes were still the same and the settings of in those action scenes were still the same and and stuff like that and um so that for me i think ruins it because there's real fundamental parts obviously superman as return and stuff like that were real fundamental parts that um that if you were watching that Snyder Cup for the first time and you didn't know any of this stuff, I probably would have enjoyed it more because it's it would have all had all these really cool things you've never seen before, but they'd have been done well and the build up to those scenes were obviously so much better as well. So then you would have enjoyed those scenes more. But so if that was always going to be my worry with this was that it would have it's, it, it would have watered it down, tainted, um, and I like think it's it, tainted. In it the did. Way. It, it yeah. is. It is. It is tainted, yeah. and, it's, and it's really sad. And it, that's that's no one that's no one's fault. Like. So, but for me, I find it really difficult to be able to judge the film accordingly because I I didn't have that emotional reaction to the film like I should have. Um, so that's so that's a shame. That's just the way that that cookie crumbles. So for me, I think yeah, I think a four star. There's the, the areas that let let it down in terms of um, that I wasn't massively fan of is I think that I don't I think some areas the the, the CGI was awesome. I think Steppenwolf looked great and his like armor had like a kind of weird like purple taint like tint to it and stuff. Uh, which I thought looked wicked and I thought that looked really yeah. cool. Um and his um detail on his face was kind of very like a like like turtle kind of skin, like looks really like detailed. But then there's a some of areas where like I just felt like because I don't know, that they tried to cheap out a little bit um to try and save money i feel that you could really see it especially a lot of like in the background stuff where he's clearly used cgi yeah. to make like the background um more vast and you can see it quite clearly it's like some stuff like um i'm just really anal about this stuff but when the flash is going to his apartment and he's like crossing those train tracks it like you can see like behind uh. that was so clear as day that that he was it's like a big green screen background. yeah yeah and stuff yeah. like that and then he, he was really bad and um but yeah so like right at the end when you see ben affleck and he stood over that the lake um for me that area that was um this this like the cgi he clearly was not he was just full green screen there and for me that's always was disappointing me a little bit with snyder i think maybe when he has the budget that's fine but when you don't 
it, it it ruins the film for me. That's just really important, and it's why I'm a Nolan fan because he stays away from green screen as much as possible. Where Zach is the opposite, but Zach is great at it because a lot of BVS is green screen when he had the budget. But you can see a lot of areas where he didn't have the budget to complete a lot of his stuff, and therefore it let it down a bit for me. So they were some of the, the bits from me. Oh, and and I won't go too much, but I I, I thought that um, Cyborg looks. I think Cyborg looks looks awful personally. Oh, uh, but but uh, but yeah. So they're the bits that kind of let it down for me. So yeah, four star. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna give uh, and and actually I'm I'm surprised you gave it a four. I thought you were gonna go maybe three or three and a half, but uh, that that gives me gives me encouragement, Rye. It really does, <laughs> um, because on my first watch, and and we'll just get into spoilers here in just a sec, but um, my first watch was was really interesting. One of the main reasons is because when when you get so hyped for a movie, like so pumped. It, it is inevitable that you are going to feel some type of letdown once you have seen the movie. Like you build up so much expectation and so much excitement in your mind that no matter what the final product is going to be, I think in some way you're just going to feel deflated. And that's not because I didn't like the movie or I didn't think it was really good, but just that it's over. You know, like everything mm-hmm. that we've been waiting for, everything that we've been like working for, it's wait it's done that's it that's like it's just done you know and so in in a way that's one of the the feelings that i had once we finished the movie i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe like that's it like it's done um but but um also pulling an all-nighter and starting the movie at 1 a.m and then finishing at five in the morning that also definitely affected my first viewing experience but again it's not that i didn't like it i will say this the second time i watched it much better viewing experience and i enjoyed it immensely on my second watch and so if anyone that you know if you've only seen it once maybe go back and watch it again because i'm i'm telling you i'm telling you this movie is incredibly rewatchable um so let's get into spoilers so listeners if you haven't seen the movie just hit pause go watch the movie right now i don't know why you haven't seen the movie yet but go watch it spoilers are on the table okay so let's get into it we're not going to pick this movie apart we're not going to go from chapter to chapter to chapter there are six chapters plus an epilogue we're not going to do that we're not going to deconstruct this movie but yeah let's talk about some of the things that you know maybe we didn't like or or or, uh things that we really liked um but i want to talk about cyborg man because i know you say you don't like the design of cyborg and and you have your reasons um obviously from kind of the original design of when cyborg was introduced in dc comics this cyborg is much more machine than he is, you know, half human, half machine. The only human element that you can see on him is half of his face. Everything else is metal. Everything else is robot. But um, because I don't have a particular uh, loyalty or like connection or nostalgia regarding cyborg, I dig his look. I think it's awesome, and I love that Zach did not go with the uh, the C you know the the red lit c in the in the middle of his chest that it's some kind of like just like this scraggly like almost like kind of lightning bolt shape like down the middle of his chest and there's like glowing red on the inside instead of just some like light on the outside i i i really dig it but uh um um i guess tell me tell me why you don't like it though ray i think mainly it's i just think that the cgi doesn't look particularly good personally i i think I think metal metal's always been something that 
uh, people that films creators and stuff have always struggled with to make look realistic and then because he is so head to toe this this reflective silver metal it just he just looks he just looks so clearly not real and that's for me it's just like it's just offering for me that that thing just grates me sometimes it isn't for others but for me it does and i think especially when you compare other sort of things where you've got um in like marvel i think that the visuals that they've done with stuff is just been is so much better where you look at stuff like thanos and vision and stuff and i know vision obviously is blend of cgi and um like actual physical cosmetics and stuff but I just don't. I just don't think it's of a, of a great standard. I'm not that bothered about the fact that he's not mostly human. I think it just would have helped with this look of the fact that they're so reliant on CGI. If maybe sure. they had involved more physical, realist stuff to to him, to his uh, to his look, it might have helped um, make him feel and look more realistic. The fact that he was literally 90% metal and the met- and that didn't look great for me it was just it was just a bit jarring personally well when you think about it because you brought up marvel and i think i think most people would agree that the best looking iron man suit is from the first iron man uh, but if if anyone has gone into the special features of that movie you'll learn that they built the suit it was a real suit and obviously there are parts that are cgi you know where a lot of the battle sequences uh you know take place but but that suit looks incredible because in so many shots it was a real suit you know as opposed to when he gets his suit in infinity war everything from then on is just straight out cgi and so um there is there is an aspect to the realism you know that is felt when you see like a real suit compared to one that is computer generated so uh yeah um okay okay so um you brought up you brought up or Brian did you want to say anything about cyborg what do you think about cyborg I uh, I respect the the design of of cyborg just because of how he kind of looks like the same material uh, Steppenwolf looks like with his armor like how it's connected oh, to the mother box yeah yeah like I like I like that but I feel like it, with visual effects like it would have been easier to create that if they had gone with a more blocky look that say looks like in the teen Titans show, uh, I feel like that would have been a lot easier to pull off and maybe he could have even built or wore a suit. Um, but I no, right. I agree with you. It, in some scenes, he doesn't look real at all, especially in, uh, the nightmare scene at the end. That's like the part where that's like the main shot where I just feel like he, the visual effects don't work on him. But I feel like the close-ups and stuff look really, really good. Like his hand when he's holding the uh, the tape recorder. Uh, mm. I feel like that looked really, really good. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the design's cool, and I understand where Zach's coming from with like that with that design. But uh, but yeah, it doesn't really always work. Uh, I wish he would have wore his uh, full-on helmet more often, where his face closes. And he had like the one, the one eye, like that was really cool. Yeah, there were only two scenes that I remember when, when he, when the whole face covering, you know, uh, happened, and it was on his first flight, and then it was when they had the battle sequence in the, um, kind of the tunnel. Uh, th- those are the only two times, and it was really quick. But, yeah, you know, it's like a split second. You, it's you see it come on, and then that's it. But uh, yeah, yeah, and it it, it felt like the same shot used twice. 
I, I that's kind of how I know it. like when he's flying up and it closes and then he's I think he's flying down into the sewer toward the the, the night crawler right it, it kind of it, lo- it looked like the same shot yeah but, yeah yeah um so I I, I want let, to let's get in let's get into this because this is one of the main talking points as well that when Zack Snyder originally like when they when Warner Brothers came to Zack and they're like, okay, do we want to do this? Zack pitched the idea of breaking up the movie into an like a four-part uh, miniseries, and uh, and it for a while it, that's what it looked like it was going to be until kind of the final minute where you know we found out actually no, this is going to be one long movie. But then uh, uh, t- to the lead up of the movie, we learned that it was broken up into six different chapters plus an epilogue, so technically seven. Um, but um, I- I'm curious to know what you guys, w- uh, what did you think of the chapters? Do you feel like that worked? You th- um, uh, Brian, you already mentioned that the pacing really worked for you. Um, but um, would you guys, do you guys enjoyed how it turned out as a movie? Um, and do you think that it was the right decision to release it as a movie? Um, Brian, why don't you go ahead? Uh, yeah, I think it was the right decision. Uh, I, I feel like it would have been, uh, less satisfying of an experience to kind of watch it broken up because, uh, it's like you get hyped at the end of every single, uh, chapter. There's something that happens that carries on to the next and that, that would have worked, but I, I just love the fact that I could just watch it all the way through because because it's a movie. It's it's not supposed to be a show, uh, so it just felt right and the pacing worked for a movie. So why not just release it as a movie? I feel like if the pacing was kind of wonky and it didn't work totally, they would have released it as a miniseries. But uh, but yeah, the pacing worked as a movie. I mean, you you, you can blow through that thing and four hours and, <laughs> you know and, and it, it, it just feel like a normal length movie yeah. I mean, it, it definitely feels long but you're never not entertained yeah and and that's all due to the pacing and like the great character work and stuff that zach that zach does with them so i think i i think i shared this with you guys on twitter um but i saw someone tweet out that that said uh Wonder Woman 84 feels a lot longer than Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> and I, when I saw that, man, I it, agree. It, it made me laugh so hard because I'm like, my goodness, that's so true. It's so true. I mean, the Wonder Woman 1984, I think, was close to two and a half hours. It was a long movie. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League is four freaking hours. But when you make a good movie, you don't, you don't really – it doesn't feel long. When a movie is bad – it feels long and wonder woman 1984 felt very long. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, right. What about you, man? What, what do you, what do you think about the kind of the, uh, the chapter breakup within the movie? I mean, it, that's something you don't, you don't really see that in movies. People don't put a black screen chapter heading in movies. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's warranted with a four hour movie, but it was really unique. what do you think, Ray? Yeah, I think it, um, I think it worked as a film to be honest I felt the chapters kind of added more to the style than the storytelling personally I just felt like it kind of made it feel a bit more stylish to be honest um, it's kind of like uh, it's a civil civil war whenever they keep on like when they keep changing uh, they keep, they go to a lot of different countries and stuff don't they and you see like the big like titles come up on the screen that feel like the whole screen of like where they, where they are at that point and I thought it's just very similar to that really I just think it's just just added to that kind of cool start of the film. I think if it was released as a series, it wouldn't really have worked. Personally, I, 
I don't feel that every time it got up to that chapter part, it would have been some level of I need to oh, like I really need to see what's going to happen because it's left me on some sort of cliffhanger or stuff like that. A TV series has has to as it has a style which gets people involved and it's, and it's it's very different to a film and so no it it, it was it, it was perfect the way that it is. Yeah, and I feel like that helped with it. I mean. If it were a movie, I would have honestly maybe preferred no chapter headings. But since it's a streaming movie and, you know, you can press pause uh, at the certain chapters, it makes the viewing experience a lot easier to keep up with. So if, like, you know, a lot of people I know have broken it up into two days uh, or maybe even three days. It's like I'll watch two chapters a day, you know, and that's something you just can't do. But that, if it weren't for that stylistic choice, it would have been harder to to create kind of like that smooth viewing experience at home you know that you couldn't get if it didn't have the chapter headings yeah because brian you and i you and i agreed on this uh on twitter um that uh that marketing the movie and to create the kind of buzz that you know we really wanted for the the snyder cut to generate more fans you know more subscriptions for hbo max because that would hopefully lead to more you know DC movies for Zach that that it it that the best way would have been episodic that the best way would have been a mini series because then you know instead of you know having so much attention on it for a weekend or a week you'll have attention on it for an entire month um but i i i agree man this was the best way to view it i think it would have been a mistake to release it as a mini series so i was totally wrong about that I, yeah, I think I think being able to watch the entire thing through because it is a movie, it is a movie, and that's the way that it should have been. It should yeah. have been viewed. But I, I do want to say this about it, though. I I I just I really enjoyed just the experience of viewing it, though, because it 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 was so unique in and of itself that it it's not it's not a normal movie, and but it's not it's not a TV show either. It, it was such a unique uh, just viewing experience. That I, it's one, it's something I'm going to remember for a long time. I mean, there are some incredible movie theater experiences that I've had that I remember forever, and this is going to be one of those. Even though it was just on my couch, like in my basement. Like, um, okay, all right, Ryan, or uh, Ryan, you 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 mentioned this before we saw the movie that you were concerned about the aspect ratio. This is something that I want to talk about a little bit because I absolutely loved it. Oh my gosh, man. I'm telling you, I think I think I think we have been trained as modern audiences to not to to reject anything that's different. And this was very different. But the 4:3 aspect ratio on my TV was incredible, man. And I I want so bad freaking Disney give us the IMAX versions of the Infinity War and Endgame. Those in, those movies were filmed entirely on IMAX cameras and and the home release of those movies were all cropped. Everything is widescreen. Show me the freaking IMAX footage for these movies. If they're filmed that way, that's the way that they should be viewed. And I'm telling you, man, I it made the viewing experience so immersive. I I, I felt like it was forcing me to focus on on center frame in the middle of the screen. I, I just think it, it 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 captivated each scene in a way that widescreen doesn't and like i get that like practically like you can't really film a lot of movies like this and i'm sure it took a lot of effort to do it but like 
every Nolan movie that's been filmed in IMAX, make, why are they not releasing it this way? It doesn't make sense. Anyway, I love the aspect ratio. Rye, tell me what you think, because I'm not sure you enjoyed it, but what what were your thoughts of the aspect ratio? The difference between like the Nolan films, though, is when Nolan's films fill the screen, though, don't they? Yeah. From corner to corner. So they do, but I, I don't... I, I don't know if that is the true aspect ratio that the film was actually captured in, at least with those specific scenes. I'd have to do some more research. Um, but uh, they might they might crop it down um, so that it, it can fill screen to screen. So it might be that issue. But that's the I, I would pick that over anything. I'd I'd pick the what Nolan does for it to be corner to corner. Sure. Sorry, that's what I yeah. would have personally. That's my favorite. Um, but I didn't know it was. It, I think what I didn't like about the trailers, possibly, is because they would stick that massive HBO freaking logo in the corner. <laughs> I went back to understand. I was like, why did I, I, I? Why did it not bother me during the film and the trailers? I looked, and it's actually they like they stick like this massive HBO Max logo that's yeah. actually massive. So like, like it's kind of cut off the screen, and then you're supposed to enjoy from the trailer that uh, having that top to bottom view. But then at the bottom, like fifty percent of it's covered by a freaking <laughs> logo. So that's probably why it did. That's probably why it did my head in now going back onto it because I didn't mind it too much in the film. Personally, I actually, yeah, like it was, it was different. I, if someone told me which which ratio would I pick to watch all my films going forward, it would always be more of a widescreen and like say more and even more so what what Nolan does where it's corner to corner. Uh, but general viewing sort of films, it would it would still be widescreen. I think that. I I prefer that overall view, like landscape view, and having that kind of more scenic view, which is what you, which is what you lose um, in uh, how Snyder shot. You don't have that kind of very kind of landscapey kind of scenic view that you get with a wide screen. But no, it, it, it didn't it didn't bother me, or it, but it didn't like excite me. Like it seemed like it excited you, Andre. It just was a way of viewing the film, and that and that was it for me personally. Uh, Brian, go ahead, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both points. It, I I really like the shots that Zach was able to pull off with this aspect ratio. And but the entire time, I was just thinking, I'm really really glad I'm watching this on a big screen, uh, because I because I would pull up the screener on my phone and it would just it would kind of bother me with having the bars on side because it was so small. But uh, it, this is definitely I I just want to see this in theaters. I want to see Same. this in IMAX. Because Same. that because that is the way to see this movie. Yeah. And that's really that's the extent of my thoughts on it. I like yeah, I, I mean I didn't I didn't not like it. I didn't love it, but it, it definitely was a way to way of seeing it. Yeah, one I, thing I, I mean, would one thing I would say is that my favorite ever shot of any Zack Snyder film that's ever been created would not have been possible in that view. And it's one that I like love so much is when um, Superman and Doomsday clash uh, lasers, mm. and like Superman looks so freaking cool in that shot, and then they're like pushing each other back with like their lasers, and they're like both actually on like yeah. the other end of the screen. <laughs> yeah. And for me, that is exactly why why widescreen is invented for stuff like that, and we would never have got that. So so yeah. So, yeah no, yeah, I, and I I get that. I get that. I I wish Warner Brothers had. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wish they had released the uh, uh, IMAX remastered BVS before, before Justice League. I, I don't know why they waited. I, I thought it was stupid. But if you own, 
if you own a digital copy on iTunes, or at least the the, the 4K digital copy, it, it is all already automatically updated, and the entire opening sequence of of the uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne's death, and uh, and Bruce falling down into the the cavern with the bats and stuff like that, it's all shot in IMAX. It's all reformatted to 4:3 on your TV. Dude, I, I just turned it on just last night because I'm like, oh, I wonder if they updated it. And they sure enough did. And it was crazy how different it felt. But um, it's interesting because once uh, the scene the, after that is, you know, it goes white and it says the world is introduced to the Superman. And it, and it shows the helicopter, the Wayne helicopter and Bruce getting off. That's all on IMAX. The moment it shows the view of him looking toward the building where the 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 um the world machine is like you know hitting metropolis with the gravity well and all that it goes widescreen so i i'm interested to go back to see what that's like because bvs on the remastered version it will go from imax to widescreen to imax to widescreen depending on the shot so um but yeah no it's it's interesting man and i just i don't know i mean i want to see i want to see the avengers infinity war and endgame in in IMAX. I want to see that true aspect ratio that the films were filmed in. But um okay guys, let's let's get into just a few things. We've been recording for for almost an hour now. Uh let's just get into a few things with uh some of your favorites or some of the things that you didn't like, some of the things that you would have changed. Um I'll I'll go ahead and start with um I Superman is my my favorite. He's my he's my favorite superhero character. He's my favorite DC, but just uh, overall favorite superhero. And Man of Steel is my favorite Snyder movie. And so um, I have enjoyed the journey that Superman has gone on from Man of Steel to BVS. And I, I I was hoping to get more Superman in this movie. And I get I get that he was dead. I get that they had to resurrect him. And I get that he was coming to you know after he was resurrected and kind of you know getting his bearings after coming back to life but uh i just man we barely got any superman in a four-hour movie like it was hardly any maybe 10 minutes maybe um and so i i I wish we would have gotten more superman and rye you brought this up a little earlier at the end of the movie when when clark opens his his shirt, kind of the, the that iconic, you know, Superman act of him taking off his shirt to, you know, undress as Superman. I was, I'm, I'm curious why Zach did not put him back in his his red and blue suit because he was still in his black and silver suit at, with that final scene, and and um, I, I'm curious why he chose to do that because I get why he was in the black suit. I get that like that's comic accurate. You know, on the death of Superman and the and you know uh, the uh, what was it the the rise of Su- the Superman, which was the the sequel comic to how Superman came back to life. Like it was a Kryptonian regeneration suit. It was black. That's what it was in the comics, and so that's what Zach wanted to do. But I, why didn't he go back to his other suit? So I'm that's something that I probably would have changed. It's a small nitpick, but yeah, I was curious why he was still in the black suit even at you know after they saved the day and stuff like that. But uh, what are some other things that bothered you guys? Um, I would say, I would say personally that I think the length did bother me a little bit because okay. I felt there were, like, there were some bits that were quite, were unnecessary. And I think this is where Snyder shoots himself in the foot a little bit. And this leads me onto something that I didn't really enjoy was I don't like fan service for fan service sake, even if it's something that is, 
something that I enjoy. Uh, it was a massive gripe of mine for The Force Awakens. Uh, is that it was just built on fan service, and I, I felt the Martian Manhunter stuff was just was was just fan service for fan service sake. Those like like I don't see I didn't see the point. I felt the scene with Martha and and Lois made sense. He didn't need to just randomly turn into Martian Manhunter then. Yeah. Weird and. Yeah. And then the very end of him just appearing, this shot that just that seemed like had no budget behind it. I don't think he <laughs> particularly looks very real. The setting that uh, Ben was on didn't look particularly real. It was jarring because Ben had obviously, has obviously lost a lot of weight and they brought him back in. So he it didn't even look like it was part of kind of the same, um, same film because he looked so different. So that was... That, that needed to go. So the Marshman stuff, not for me. There's other area bits like the, the singing with those girls at the beginning, very self Oh, really? Oh, There's dude, just... I I love that. I thought that was great. But I don't know. I just. I like it. So yeah, there's some bits obviously if you liked it, but for me, I just felt there's lots of little bits, and sure. you could have just brought that, sure. that time down a little bit. And Martian Manhunter for me was was the big one. That that was just so pointless. <laughs> Excuse me. It was so it was it was so pointless. I'm interested to get your views on on the on that. To be honest, yeah. And Brian, I'll I'll let you go in a sec. But uh, okay, one, I'll say this: it 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 really didn't serve much of a purpose because, well, we've we've now found out because Zach has already revealed in in, in interviews just over the weekend that essentially there's a Snyder cut of the Snyder cut <laughs> because when when the the Snyder cut was w- given the green light, the studio told him you cannot shoot new footage. Well, he did anyway. And, and then, so when he finished the movie and he presented the movie to the studio for final approval, they're like, you shot new image. We told you not to shoot new image, but I mean, he, he, he did it anyway. And so that final, the entire final scenes of the nightmare, uh, you know the nightmare scene with Joker and with uh, uh, um, Deathstroke, um, and then the Martian Manhunter scene. Those were all brand new scenes. Martian Manhunter at the end of the movie was not supposed to be Martian Manhunter. That was supposed to be Green Lantern. And Zach confirmed that he shot. He he said that he, this was shot in England with an actor who was in the Green Lantern suit, and he said it's a well-known actor. He didn't give away any names. He said, this is a brilliant actor. And they filmed it as Green Lantern, but the studio told him, no, you cannot use Green Lantern. And so that's when he switched it to, to Martian Manhunter. So there essentially is, I mean, he, he finished the movie with Green Lantern at the, the final scene. So there's a Snyder cut of the Snyder cut. So <laughs> Brian, yeah, what's, what's, to be honest, it doesn't yeah. make, it doesn't make sense that Martian Manhunter comes, he should really be coming to, to Clark more than to Bruce. So it was all a bit weird. Yeah. So, that was weird for me um but but overall there wasn't much i like there wasn't really like much I didn't like other than the fact that i felt the cgi was glaring i think that and the the bits that i felt could have been cut down to produce sure. time i think they were my they were my my biggest gripes and and on the score front i really enjoyed the score um but i don't think i enjoyed it much as you brian because i do feel the bits that i enjoyed the most were just the hans zimmer bits that um the junkie xl Enhanced, which I thought was cool to get different versions of of certain stuff, but it was still it was still the the Zimmer bits for me that were still the most prominent parts, the bits that were more his his concept bits that he's created. Not so much, other than maybe the cyborg music was really cool when he was telling his his story and stuff. But that that was kind of it for me on the on the score front. But yeah, no, that's that's kind of my my take. All right, Brian, let's what, hear. What did you what did you think of the uh, the Justice League theme? 
Oh yeah, I to be fair, I really like the one that they that, like it, the one that they just like had released before. I thought that was kind of the best bit. I, I feel like actually that you didn't get as much of that, or even actually get that actual entire version in the film from beginning to end to the one they had actually released like a few weeks ago. To be honest, so I was actually. Um, I do think it was really good. I just don't. I don't think I heard it enough. And I actually thought the editing of the sound music. It wasn't. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the way I was listening to. But I did listen to it on two different systems. Cause I've watched it twice. The, the, the music wasn't as dominant as as not in other films. I'm not sure. Like maybe I'm just used to Nolan, who just literally ramps the music up to <laughs> eleven in all of his films. But, uh, yeah. but uh, so yeah. it's so the theme is in there, uh, and it. And, I noticed it much more on the second viewing, but the the theme is scattered throughout the entire movie, and you'll hear it in bits and pieces uh, of of because he he wrote specific, uh, Tom Holkenberg did specific themes for each character, but the the Justice League theme is a part of a lot of those too. So yeah, if you go back and watch it, I bet you'll recognize it if you're you know just kind of you know focusing in on it. But all right, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, I I want to echo the Martian Manhunter thing. I, I he looked all right. I I liked how he looked, but he didn't really make much sense. I like I remember hearing uh, that there were storyboards with him, so it's kind of weird that he shot a Green Lantern instead of finishing out what he had. Because I I thought that Martian Manhunter was what he originally intended. So when I read that this weekend, I thought that was kind of odd. So Martian Manhunter was always going to be in there. It was a scene, though, that he never was able to finish when originally shooting. He had the storyboards for it, so it was a part of his storyboards. And and Zach has said in multiple interviews, he shoots everything that he draws. Every, Every shot that he draws for a storyboard, he shoots. And so Martian Manhunter was on the original storyboard, but they never got to shoot it. Um, but, but yeah, that was essentially, yeah, the, the, the Martha scene turning into Martian Manhunter, that was supposed to be the only one because, because Green Lantern was supposed to show up at the end. So yeah. And that, that oh, all okay. changed well, too. It, oh, okay. I think the Green Lantern thing that was, was Ryan Reynolds. No, no, because he's already said, um, what's, what's the other black, the black was John Stewart, John Stewart. John, that's right. John Stewart. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Snyder's uh, already confirmed that it was going to be John Stewart. And so, and uh, it makes you think, it makes you think, well, they filmed it in London or it, yeah, it, it, they filmed it in London and he said, it's a prominent actor. Like it starts to make you think like, uh, you know, who, who could have, it, you know, who potentially could it be? Like what black English actor is <laughs> going to be John Stewart. So, uh, yeah, it makes you think. Yeah, it, it did feel tacked on at the end. I I kind of wish it had. Well, I I like how I like the scene. I guess I I feel like the dialogue was kind of eh at the end with the end scene with him showing up. Uh, par- he says that your parents would be proud. It's like, did he know his parents? That was weird. Like, how did he like act exactly like Martha? That's what I thought was kind of weird. How like because I wasn't expecting him to just turn into uh, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Martha. It was, weird, it was really, really <laughs> odd. And then he turns back into uh, the general uh, from uh, or the colonel from Man of Steel and BVS. So I was like, wait. So what are they saying? Are they saying that Martian Manhunter's been Martha, or he's just Martha now? Yeah. Big kind of information from Lois. I, I was really confused. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree because I think the scene could have I, – I wish – I do wish that the scene was actually with Martha Kent because it was an intimate scene 
I, I thought the dialogue between Martha and Lois was 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 very personal um, and important. And then yeah, you're like, oh wait, that wasn't actually Martha. It was it was a little weird. So I think they they could have they could have introduced Martian Manhunter better, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But my my main issue with the movie is also one of my favorite scenes, which is the nightmare scene. Like and knowing that's a a a new like a reshoot that he just did uh last year uh it just felt odd to me that he would put that in there knowing that he wasn't going to be able to do any sequels like it it just kind of makes the experience of watching the movie like it's like i want more but it's like knowing that i'm never going to get to see that movie (laughs) it's like it's just disappointing it's especially with how especially especially with how like how well written that exchange is between batman and joker and how he literally it, it was jared leto's redemption like he still had those little quips that he had in suicide squad he never like he never like took a crap on david Ayer's vision for the joker but he made it a lot more well written and he felt a lot more like the joker than uh what we got in suicide squad and like just thinking about a movie with Batman, Joker, Deathstroke, M- Mira, and Cyborg team teaming up against Superman and Darkseid, it's like, it's like that just sounds amazing. But it also feels like that's the movie that we've been teased since Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. So it feels like he never got to like. It still feels like his vision is not done. Like they, they were saying, oh, he's, Warner Brothers is saying he's completing his trilogy. It's like this was not a trilogy, right? <laughs> this is the beginning of the trilogy. This is actually, yeah, yeah movie one of the trilogy. <laughs> Did, uh, I've, I've, Joker never actually said we live in a society. No, today. no, <laughs> which is mental because they made such a big deal out of it. Like even like a oh, but it's, ge- like, it's uh, genius. It's genius. It's genius. T-shirt. Yeah, says it. And- no, it's genius though because yeah, it was only they they edited it only for the trailer, but the type of you know social media reaction that it had was enormous, enormous. It was the number one trending thing for hours. It was we live in a society, but yeah, it's not actually in the movie. But I I I mean I think it's I think it's okay. It's just like remember that time in the trailer where Joker said that? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Like I don't think it was I don't think it was that important. Like what he said, I think. The best bit about that is hearing, every, hearing Joker say Batman is always the best, and and uh, Jared Leto, credit with Jared Leto for Jared Leto in that whole scene where he turns around and he says, "What's he say?" He says, "Well, just how he says Batman, it's just like he's kind of got that dark, deeper, like he just he he, he I want to see more Jared Leto Joker now." And Yandre, you know that I hated it. Yep, I know you've yeah it, I hated yeah it I hated. It. Too. It was horrible. I, I hated his take in in Suicide Squad. Yeah, and so. Jer- Jared Leto has been probably one of the most publicly supportive actors um, for Zack Snyder and for the movie and for potentially you know continuing these movies. He he has been very very outspoken and publicly supportive of Zack Snyder. So um i mean obviously he's had a lot of spotlight on him with his new movie that came out earlier this year um but yeah it's it's been interesting because i think yeah you know who who really knows what happened with jared leto behind the scenes with the studio and obviously there was a, a potential plan to have like a solo joker movie that 
basically was scrapped and, and that went over to Joaquin Phoenix. And, and I, I, I had heard that Jared Leto was pretty upset about that. And so the fact that he got to come back and do this, it seems, it seems like he was pretty happy with how it turned out. So, um, Okay, gentlemen, we're 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 kind of going long, but I, I want to keep this conversation going because we're we're gonna get to fan questions in just a second. Um, but earlier today, okay, well let's let's uh let's just give us your your kind of final synopsis of the movie. Um, just uh, d- tell me tell me kind of maybe either your favorite scene or your favorite character or something something that like improved dramatically from the theatrical cut to this one. Um, um, here I'll, I'll I'll go first and you guys can kind of follow suit. But uh, I was I was so impressed with how well Zach handled Wonder Woman. I think I think Wonder Woman was the star of the movie. She blew me away with every scene that she was in. I I, I just I was I was so impressed with how well he portrayed Diana Prince as not just you know, not just the Patty Jenkins version of, of Wonder Woman being this, this embodiment of love of humanity and peace and, you know, and on all that other stuff that we got from Wonder Woman 1984, but, but a, a freaking fierce warrior, man. Someone that, I mean, she was, again, spoiler people, chopping off heads. I mean, she is not taking any prisoners, like she is out for blood, but I bet it's, I mean, it's righteous vengeance, man. And like, she, ah, dude, I, I loved her in the movie. And, and I just went, when Grace Randolph tweeted out after the movie that they're like, Oh, there are some studio suits at Warner brothers that wants Zach to do the next wonder woman movie. Like, however unlikely that is. Um, yeah, man. Zach's take on Wonder Woman is by far the best take that we've gotten from BVS to Zack Snyder's Justice League. It is incredible how what he's done with that character. So she was standout for me. Um, and then, uh, um, yeah, man, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, not just as Batman, but I think his Bruce Wayne is what really stood out to me in the movie too. I thought I thought Ben Affleck just nailed nailed Bruce Wayne. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I love this movie. I thought it, I, I thought it was great. Um, you know, it's not a perfect movie. It, it, it obviously has, you know, flaws and things that I would, I would change personally, but, uh, but I'm pleased with how it turned out. I really am. I think it's, it's absolute redemption from the just terrible movie that we got in 2017. Um, and more than anything, I want to see these movies continue. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, Brian, go ahead with kind of your final thoughts on the movie. Yeah, I agree. Wonder Woman was the biggest standout with just how badass she was. And he, Zack Snyder showed us how badass she was with his, it felt like a totally different take on the, uh, the museum scene at the beginning with her just annihilating that whole room. Blood splatters on the wall. Like, <laughs> like this is crazy, crazy. Uh, but not i'll go in a different round i'll say that uh the by far i think the biggest improvement from the 2017 version is steppenwolf uh steppenwolf uh his story is so much more uh fleshed out uh he actually has emotion and it seems like his like his voice his like uh 
who's the actor Searing Hines or something? I think I think that's the yeah. actor who voices Steppenwolf. Uh, I thought his performance was actually really well done, and you could actually sense emotion from a monster that owes that owes a god fifty thousand worlds or <laughs> whatever. Uh, like, yeah, and Steppenwolf in action was really really cool. He was fierce. He was he was a mean dude, but and then once. Dark side and Dasad step in. He's just kind of like a little a little baby. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I just I, I love seeing that uh, that hierarchy with the villains. Uh, it just it just makes me want more of Dasad and Dark Side and that whole regime of uh, parademons and those other uh, godlike villains. Yeah, and it, it was really re- refreshing to see villains in a big movie like this it's like thanos you sympathize for him you don't sympathize for these guys these guys are just out for destruction yeah pure evil yeah i thought that was a nice change but then it's like it's like you feel bad for steppenwolf because like oh the the guy that wants to destroy the most plane is and doesn't think he's worthy it's like you kind of feel bad for him it's it's kind of funny but uh, but i i dug it i i really dug steppenwolf a lot all right, Ryan, your turn, man. Uh, so weirdly, I actually think that um, Superman and um, Batman for me were kind of the areas where I was kind of actually most disappointed with the film. Um, I felt a bit weird with the lack of time with Superman, and I think also I think that he was he he was actually overpowered. I felt really like when he, he and his yeah yeah I, I think that he. Like I, I find it weird how much he rocked up and just completely destroyed Steppenwolf, where he really struggled with Doomsday. Um, I think he got thrown around a lot by Doomsday, and I quite liked that. I liked that Superman was really strong, but he wasn't like Wonder Woman who could fight and stuff like that. That wasn't him. He's just a farm. Like I liked that, but he rocked up and like he was like dodging punches and nothing. Like for me, it just felt a little bit too kind of like too perfect in that scene, which isn't really kind of the Superman we got up to that point in my opinion I think it was a bit weird and it then made Diana look a little bit less strong because she really struggled with with Steppenwolf as well and I don't believe that they have that much of a gap in terms of uh, like certain areas I find that was a bit weird so that for me was a bit disappointing but that, again that's up to other people's opinions but I think the yeah. character I'm going to throw a curveball out of my character as my favourite was the guy I think we got the way more scene time with was uh, Alfred. <laughs> Jeremy Irons Alfred. I, I, put, I, I think he's brilliant. I think he's he like is a real unsung hero for these films. I think he's got so much charisma. He's so, I enjoy seeing so much more of him in the film. I think there is no real, there isn't really a decent Bruce without a decent Alfred. I think because they've always been, it's like there's no real Batman about the Joker. And I think Alfred really works with that. And he really enhanced Ben Affleck's character because they have such a great kind of chemistry with each other and irons has got great delivery in his lines and stuff so a real a real curveball on on that front i, I really enjoyed every scene even the tea scene when he's there like dude the tea scene with wonder woman was tea. awesome I, yeah I love that because that's yeah that gives like like that he's not just this guy who builds his like who builds stuff for batman like he's also he is he is this butler and like he didn't lose touch on the fact that he was really anal about like this tea being made properly and like that he needed to do it because that's like that is who he is that's like and it made him like tickled his ocd because it's like he really wanted to make that tea because that that's what his job is and that's what he's like takes pride in so yeah so that for me i, I really enjoyed that part of uh seeing more of him yeah i i think it's cool how uh 
how this Alfred is basically Lucius and Alfred put together. How, you know, he's building, he's helping Wayne build all of his tech, and he's being a butler at the same time. And that makes for some, like, really good comedy moments. I love the tea scene a lot, too. But I, I want to mention Cyborg, because he actually gets a story this time. Uh, Cyborg's story was really, really good. And uh, when... Uh, when I watched it with friends and even my mom, my mom thought that cyborg story was the most engaging out of everybody's. And it, it, there's a lot of heart, that football scene, you know, I'm not a huge, like, it seems like with football movies, I'm not a huge fan of, I like Rudy. Okay. But that football scene was so cool and well done. The slow motion and, in the snow was yes. epic, man. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I don't like Wisconsin, but. <laughs> even like when he added the money into the um that that what that woman that was obviously struggling with life and stuff and like added the money in i thought that was a really cool scene i think it yeah. it was it was just like a real character building scene i think it that that was really important and that's what the side i think that summed up what the cider cut is it, it didn't add new parts to the story what it did is it it gave more filling to the pie. I think we had it gave it more more of what we needed of the yeah. characters to feel for the characters yeah. to be emotionally connected to the characters. And Justice League had none of that. You had no real investment in any of the characters in anything that was yeah. happening to them, why they existed, and that's why it was needed, and, and that's why it's so good. So and yeah, well, just going back right to what you had said earlier when we when we first started talking was. <sighs> I, 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 I too wish that that I had not seen the theatrical cut because, in a way, it does taint your experience of seeing the Snyder cut for the first time. Because there are the 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 bare bones of that movie are the the bones of this movie still, and even though you know the music is different, the color grading is different, the aspect ratio is different, and even some of the same scenes that seem the same were reshot differently but it's still essentially kind of the same movie same story and it does affect how you see the Snyder cut because of your experience with the theatrical cut but I I get what you mean but I I do feel that in in a way it has redeemed it and yes the four hours is a long movie yes there's plenty that probably could have been cut it was indulgent it was so indulgent but no one could tell me honestly that if someone said hey we have another hour of of Infinity War, another hour of Endgame that you wouldn't ask for it and you wouldn't say, yes, give me that damn hour. I want to watch it. It's like Lord of the Rings. Like everybody fell in love with those movies in the, theat- the, the, in the theater. We love the theatrical cut. And when they offered us more, even though some of the scenes weren't necessarily that important, we want it. Why? Because we love the universe that these movies and these characters exist in. Give me more brian what yeah it's not so much about the story i don't think it's more about the characters isn't it yeah and like if you're gonna sit if you want to watch if you're gonna enjoy 22 films of marvel what's an extra hour on top of a flight you want more of captain america you want more of superman you just you love these characters you're being portrayed perfectly and you just want to just see more of that character so yeah definitely yeah all right brian go ahead yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, after rewatching uh, the 2017 version, I just think that Cyborg's the biggest highlight because they cut out literally everything. Uh, when Superman comes back, 
and the mother box is left. Uh, you know, it, it shoots out and it lands on that car while they're fighting each other and they're fighting Superman. Um, uh, Silas uh, doesn't come back. He like he doesn't sacrifice himself. Literally, Steppenwolf just comes in, boom, grabs it, goes back up. Right. That that whole sto- that whole story is irrelevant. Not like I didn't like I didn't even remember Silas Stone in uh in the theatrical version. He doesn't and, die, does he? He's no, the, he's no, no he he, he lives, and Cyborg then at the end lives. of the movie, they yeah. change Cyborg's suit to, so you can see the C on his suit. <laughs> Oh man, no, I, I dude, I agree, man. Because uh, uh, what's the actor's name? Joe Morton. He 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 also plays in Terminator Two, right? Dude, yeah. His him being more part of the story enhances Cyborg's story so much. Like, I agree, man. He he is he's probably the character that improved the most from the theatrical cut to the Snyder cut. Yeah, I kind of backs up Ray Fisher's kind of claims on. Josh Whedon and Jeff Johns, oh, yeah, not really yeah. like, yeah, because because to be honest, there were some parts in it that have been cut out that really that like the film was less than two hours long. Like I'm sorry, but I'm sure it was Warner two hours with credits. I think exactly. So like they've cut things out. Like seems like just to be spiteful in some areas, and like it really backs up because he's the one who suffers the most. Like out of like really just taking out any real flesh or depth that that character has with Ezra Miller's character they they reshot him and turned him into something else but with with Cyborg they just completely just pulled the rug out from underneath him he was a nothing character yeah it's oh man the 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 Ray Fisher stuff that's been going on it's I don't know I don't know it's something that he's not going to back down from like like even after being pulled from the Flash movie He's not backing down, and I, I doubt we've heard the last of, of his allegations. So it's wild. He, I feel like he just needs to go into detail and just explain everything that happened yeah. I, like in full-on detail. Because I, I read that interview today, and she was saying that, like, no, like, uh, she was saying that there's no, because I guess he had said that, legally he couldn't talk about in detail yeah he said ndas were still still in effect yeah but uh uh what's her name and what's her last name and sarnoff yeah and sarnoff said that those didn't didn't even exist and said he could talk about it freely so i'm like just go just just say what happened yeah why not what at this point what do you have to lose i mean if 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 zack snyder does not come back you have no future in dc movies none like, no. Okay. She even said that she even said that Walter Amada asked him if he wanted to join the Flash. So, and that kind of goes against what he was saying earlier too. Well, but, and his statement has been that as long as Walter Hamada is in charge of DC films, he does not want to be involved in any of those projects. So, I man, it's it's crazy stuff, dude. It's crazy stuff, but mm-hmm. okay. Okay, let's let's go ahead um, obviously we've already referenced the article that came out this morning, um, from Warner media studios, CEO and Sarnoff, who basically put a kibosh on any, any future DC product, uh, uh, movies, um, involving Zack Snyder. Um, it definitely came as a blow to the fan community, but nothing that I, 
I don't think it came as a surprise either. I think most people, most fans are familiar enough with how Warner Brothers has treated Zack Snyder and his movies over the last number of years that I think most people were probably expecting this. Uh, regardless of the success that that the Snyder Cut has had on HBO Max, uh, Ann Sarnoff has reiterated that there is no plan whatsoever to move forward with future Zack Snyder movies. Um, I I don't I don't like that decision. I don't think it's the right decision. I think DC movies will they will DC movies will exist in mediocrity for the next decade. I don't think there is any type of real draw outside of maybe Matt Reeves, the Batman, and we'll even see how that movie goes. But what draw does DC have to movies like the suicide squad with, with James Gunn? I, I mean, is, you know, I feel like that's going to be a big one. Like I, I, I it, it's, it, 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 I don't even know what their plan is. Besides just doing random things now. Well, and that's the thing. Seems like that's the playing. thing, you know, and, and the fact that one, they didn't even have that much confidence in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie that ended up becoming the highest grossing R rated film of all time. I mean, they sold and, and an Oscar winning movie. Yes. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I just, it, it, I think the, the flash movie dude, the flash movie sounds like it is getting worse and worse by the day. I don't think that movie is going to be good at all. I just um, here. I'm, let me get into some fan questions, and uh, and then you guys can kind of elaborate on uh, on what your guys' thoughts are. Okay, so here this this first question is from Billy Baker on Twitter. Um, he said, "My question is: Will we see Zack Snyder's Justice League two and three? I know Warner Media CEO Ann Sarnoff said that they would not be making these movies, but you have to remember that not two years ago they were saying that the Snyder Cut didn't even exist, which is a great point." Is this the end, Brian? Go ahead and take that one. Uh, I think that you guys keep saying that the uh, Justice League came out in 2017, which blows my mind. That the fans and I've been a part of it, but I've definitely not been as heavy as you, Andre, and and the other fans that have been heavier than you, but pushing it, have been at this for four years. Like they they'll they will push this, and I. And I don't know how, so it might be in another four years' time. But I don't know how WB can can ignore it. Like it make it makes no sense. It's like it's like easy money. Like the only thing I think that they would want to not do it is because like a company needs to control some sort of power, and they need to look like they're in control and they're not being run by just where the wind blows a little bit. They need to look like they have some sort of plan and it's not just because the fans have demanded it, they're doing it and they're just living off the wave of what the fans are crying out for. But on the same token, like they, they can't ignore it. It, it, It's, it's going to happen. The fans are going to want more. And, and now that they know that they managed to do this, that they managed to get it, it's going to be, it's going to be 10 times more. It's going to, it's just going to be relentless. So I, I, for me, I wouldn't. I don't know what's what's going to happen. I I couldn't tell you if it was going to happen or not. There's loads of things with Ray Fisher. Obviously, they can't get him back and stuff like that. And Ben Affleck's not been too keen on really wanting to come back as Batman. Like that's going to be an issue if they did want to do it and they just decided to do it. But at the moment, they're saying that they don't. But the fans aren't going to let them not not do it. So 
I'm, I'm going to be along for the ride because it's going to be hilarious. Brian, Billy asks, is this the end? What do you think? I uh, I don't think it's the end for people on Twitter asking for it. <laughs> uh, I, but Because it's not just fans. It's not just Snyder fans asking for it anymore. Cr- it's even critics now. Yeah, It's even critics now. Critics liked this movie. And they're still in. I saw, I read some reviews uh, from critics saying that they would be interested in seeing what the next movie would be. And with, it just seems like it's the wrong decision for them to not move forward with this, especially after the acclaim. Because, I mean, it's like they're, it's like they're shooting their own audience that have been with them since 2013 when they were committed to this vision. And then they just cut off fans and they're like, oh, no, you're not not moving forward with this. Yeah. It's like, it's like, then why did you green? Then why did you green light this version anyways? Just because you wanted the Twitter people off your back? It's like, this yeah, is that's what it is. Well, no, but that's that's honestly that's honestly, I think, one of the main reasons why it, they wanted some type of vindication for themselves. This was like an apology to Zack Snyder. Here's the money to finish your movie. And now. But I mean, did they really expect did they really expect if this movie was good that people would just be like okay thank you Zach we're done now <laughs> like what? no one's going to do that exactly. yeah man yeah. okay okay they, they, what they what they, what they want to do is they want to pursue a more a wonder woman with Patty Jenkins so yeah that's good oh <laughs> let's yeah, we'll 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 go to the next question <laughs> okay this is from obd on twitter obd um he asks what is the strategic end game for hashtag restore the snyderverse all of wb seems diametrically opposed to its conclude to its co- uh, continuation so i know you guys aren't necessarily a part of the release the Snyder Cut fandom or anything like that. I know you guys do like Zack Snyder and want to see his movies, but um, hypothetically, what would be your strategic in-game for Restore the Snyderverse? Uh, Brian, you have to go. I don't really understand the questions. I need someone you guys to answer it. To... Well, okay, like what what we've seen before to get the Snyder Cut made, we saw, we saw bus stop posters, we saw billboards in New York City Times Square. We saw ribbon banners and and uh, freaking um, Premier League games in England. Um, we saw we saw airplanes pulling signs over Warner Brothers. So I think that's what this person is asking. The strategic right. in game. Um, I, I mean, I feel like. I guess I feel like the only strategic endgame for the Restore of the Snyderverse would be to just not pay to see any of their new movies. Ah, and, that's interesting. So, you know, if if they really, really want to commit to this, then don't go see any of new any of DC's new projects. Don't don't pay for it, and show them that you want Snyder's vision. See, I'm different because I even though I want to see Snyder continue. I'm still excited to see James Gunn's R-rated Suicide Squad movie. I'm still excited to see Matt Reeves' Batman. And while The Flash is looking iffy, I'm excited to see Michael Keaton back. I'm excited to see, because Ben Affleck's going to be in it, it'll be interesting to see 
all of them come together. And I like Andy Muschietti as a director. I'm a big fan of It that he made uh, a few years ago. I didn't think It Chapter 2 was as good. But uh, I think he's a solid director and a a good choice. But uh, after hearing that they're recasting uh, uh, Barry Allen's dad, he's not going to be Billy Crudup anymore. It's just they obviously don't care about continuity. Right. Uh, between right. between these movies, so it's like if you don't like that, don't pay to watch it. I guess that's really the main thing. But it's kind of weird seeing that. Uh, I guess it's just going to be really hard to do that, considering that we're all DC fans and these these are all DC characters. But uh, I, I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the question a, a little differently, and I wonder if this is what the person meant. If they ask what is the strategic in-game for Restore the Snyderverse, are they maybe also asking what is it exactly that we want from Restore the Snyderverse? Like, what does that mean? Does it mean just Justice League 2 and 3? Does it mean more than that? Is that what this person means? Um, I'm not too sure. I think Brian's idea of, 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 in terms of it, from a, like, a... A business perspective of trying yeah. to push that I think that's a really good like that's like the next stage of the fans really being like we're not putting up with this Essent- yeah, essentially Andre. boycotts I mean that's yeah, basically it what it is you know? I, I think I genuinely think that Disney are close to that with, with Star Wars if I'm going to be honest with you I think that personally yeah. I think if they yeah. I honestly feel quite passionate that if Ryan Johnson's trilogy was released I wouldn't go see it so to be honest I feel like you can get to that level um but that's a different story answering your question andre i think in terms of like it just being in terms of if he's on about the story and what's the end game to be honest like the stuff that snyder spoke about about how the whole of lois's death and being able to get flashback to be able to deliver that message so that bruce could actually then to sacrifice himself instead of lois dying which then which then and which then adds to superman becoming the Superman we all know and love and stuff like that because his friend sacrificed himself who was going to kill him. All of that just for me just sounds like a recipe for just awesome and great story and great characters and this post-apocalyptic world. We've never a post-apocalyptic superhero film. We've not ever, that's like new territory as well. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So for me, he's, he's surpassed anything I could have come up with myself, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, and and if that's if that's what this person meant by their question, like like what do we want to see? I think the obvious answer for most people is well, obviously Justice League two and three finish out the trilogy. Um, I think a lot of a lot of Snyder fans want to see Ben Affleck's Batman movie with Deathstroke. I think the script, uh, part of the script that was leaked, or at least what was hinted at, was that. Deathstroke blames Batman for the death of his son, which is why Deathstroke goes after Batman. So that would kind of be the premise as well. Obviously, Joe Manganiello has been very vocal recently in the last few weeks about wanting to continue as, as Deathstroke and stuff like that. But okay, I, I'm going to pick two more questions. I, we we don't have time to answer all of these, but uh, um, this is from Twill on Twitter. Zack Snyder is famous for his very long films. The series format is apparently more suited to his vision. What if Justice League 2 and 3 were directly a series on HBO Max? So, uh, and I'll kind of maybe elaborate more on this question. Would you guys be cool if, so say Warner Brothers is like, no, we're done with Zack Snyder. What if HBO Max says, okay, let's finish, let's finish this, but we're going to do it on HBO Max. Do you think this is the setting like, would you be okay with this or would like, would you be like, 
no, this needs to be in the theater. This should be part of the movies. Um, what are your thoughts on that? For me, it's a, but the budget thing is an issue for me. I think that that Zack Snyder needs it needs blockbuster movie budget, not TV budget. I think Wonder Vision was very teetered on potentially not looking great compared to the films, and I think, but they at least relied a lot more realistic effects. I think that Snack Snack Zack relies far too much on on CGI and high quality CGI for his films and I think he needs that so I don't think a TV series would work because of the budget that they get for TV for him I'm afraid but taking that factor out then yeah I'd, I'd happily watch it if the quality was high and it looked awesome and they were four hours long like yes I want to see them at the cinema but there's no issue with me watching them at home on my TV and enjoying it in my, with my cinema setup. Yep. What about you Brian? Yep, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I would, uh, I would gladly watch it at home if that's a way that we would. If that's the only option we get to see the next two movies, I would gladly just watch them how we watch Justice League. Okay, this is the last question I'm going to take. This is from Henry. His question is, I guess my question is, where do people think DC's future is most secure and most successful? This is this is a really good question. I think. Because obviously Warner Brothers has already reiterated over and over that they are moving away from Zack Snyder's DCEU. Even though they somehow are trying to still pilfer off of what he's already built with Aquaman and Wonder Woman and The Flash. Um, but, you know, there's been talks of a reboot of Superman. Obviously, we already have a new Batman. But what, again, his question, my question is, where do people think DC's future is most secure and successful? Do you think... Warner Brothers' current approach of moving away from Zack Snyder will result in the most successful version of DC movies, or would Zack Snyder's DCEU be the most successful? Uh, For me, it's it's simple. Look at the like they say they're trying to live off of the back off of what Zack's done. So like Jason Momoa is a great casting for Aquaman, and I think that he's a massive factor why Aquaman was so successful. And but but so that's already a factor the fact that Zack has great vision for these characters but then you look at what they've gone the first the film they've gone off and done themselves now solely has been an absolute disaster like worse than anything that's ever that's come out from like Zack's done like Wonder Woman 84 is is a disaster like if that's what the route they're going down then then they're then they're idiots personally like Jesus so no they should be going they should be 100% 100% committing to Zach. He he has a vision. I think they just need to work on keeping him in check a little bit. I think he can run away with stuff, and I and I I get that. Like they he needs to be kept in check a little bit. But his vision, he should be like a Kevin Feige. He has great vision for the characters. He has great style, which is different to Marvel. He understands the characters. He everything. I just think that possibly he just needs to be more the Kevin Feige role and get directors in to be able to see at his vision. He's he's George Lucas. When George Lucas does Star Wars, his films are great, but they are kind of messy and a bit all over the place, but the the concept and the vision and everything is is there. He just needs he his films are better executed when he has like another director doing it like Empire and stuff and that's what he needs to do for the for the D for one what's the decision Warner Brothers need to do for DC personally. That's a great point, man. All right, Brian, take it away. So you're saying that Zach should be the Kevin Feige for Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I I agree with that. 
I, I feel like realistically, I mean, if they're not going to keep Zach around, which is really stupid, uh, I feel like realistically DC's most ex- most secure and successful route uh, is just uh, continuing their uh, what they did with Joker, I guess. Uh, uh, small small budget R-rated versions of these characters that we wouldn't normally see. I feel like that's really creative. And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing with the Batman. I'm not sure if that's going to be rated R or PG-13, but the trailer kind of looks R-rated a little bit. And I feel like that holds a lot of promise. And they gave James Gunn a bunch of movie to, um, a bunch of money to make a big R-rated Suicide Squad movie. So it's like if they keep making rated R movies that take risks and stuff, I'm I'm okay with it. If they if we're going down this path of not having Zach around, but I I do feel like because looking back there was a lot of there's a lot of you know divisiveness uh, from the fan base when it comes to Zach's movies, and while there's a very passionate fan base for it, and I'm included in that in that vein, uh, you know it's undeniably not for everybody. Zach's style isn't for everybody. A lot of people have grew up with different versions of these characters that are really iconic, and they want to see those versions. So it's just really DC needs to find something and stick to it. It's like this, all this jumping around and just random stuff that it's like, we'll throw it and see if it sticks. You know, I feel like that's kind of what Shazam was. Shazam kind of was just a random movie that not really many people talk about that much anymore. You know, it's just kind of mediocre. Uh, It just, I just feel like they need to, just go back to choosing good filmmakers uh, and tell stories that haven't been told. Just do something different from Marvel. I guess that's their main their main draw right now. It seems like if they're not going to carry on with the DCU, is just do something different from Marvel because you're not going to do it as good as Marvel. That's <laughs> true. Well, but no, but that, yeah. that's I. I that's absolutely true, and I think Zack Snyder has even mentioned that multiple times in different interviews over the last month where he recognized what Marvel is doing is unique to Marvel, and we cannot copy what they're doing. If we try to copy what they're doing, we will fail, and it's true, and and I, I, Warner Brothers seems to not understand this concept. I don't know why it seems so obvious to us as consumers, as fans, but uh, it, it seems totally lost on the people making decisions well, at Warner Brothers. It's, it's that, that saying, isn't it? Something it's like people that people that follow will never lead. Yeah. And all they're doing is they just want to follow Marvel and yeah. they'll never lead. They'll always be in the shadow. They'll yeah. never have the same success because you have to lead the way for success. Yeah. And that's just the way that it's got to be. But Mar- Mar- Marvel, Marvel is king, not because it's the best stuff ever made, but because they have done something that's never been done before and they've done it well. Like, yeah. I mean, they have a vision and they've stuck yes. to that vision and they've had yeah. faith in that vision. And even in times, which is where, like, Incredible Hulk, people slate that film. That Iron Man three, like, they've had they've had their flop. They've had their films that not flops, but they've had their films that people trash. 
they're not all perfect, but they, they stick to it. They stick right. to what they're doing. They stick to their vision. Like they don't, they don't falter from what it is that they're trying to achieve, even if they get a few wobbles along the way. But as soon as Warner Brothers gets a little bit of wobble, it's just like the start all over again. Let's go a different direction. <laughs> Abandoned oh ship. God, it's not Abandoned ship. Get yeah. a new director. And, like, it, yeah. and it helps that their missteps are still billion dollar movies. If you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like even even Captain Marvel is one of the biggest yeah. movies ever made. Yeah. Like, is that crazy? Yeah. It, it, it's like, you know, you know, even Iron Man three. Like you mentioned, Iron Man three. Iron, Iron Man, Man 2, these are still. I know. These I are I, still massive movies. Right. I mean, Iron Man three is arguably the worst Iron Man movie, and it made over a billion dollars. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. yeah. The the. The level of incompetence at Warner Brothers, ex- the executive level, is so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating. But, uh, listeners, this has been a long, extensive conversation. I want to thank my two friends here on the podcast for joining me. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Um, the Snyder Cut, uh, it's here. We've watched it. It's actually happened. It's crazy. It's honestly crazy to even think that we got this movie, man. It, a couple years ago, it seemed impossible that this thing was never, ever going to see the light of day, but it actually happened. It's wild. But uh, listeners, thank you. Thank you for sending us your questions. I'm sorry that we weren't able to read them all. We'd probably be here for another hour if we got to every single question. Um, but guys, thanks again. Um, yeah, it just if you, if you guys... Uh, I, I, I don't know if you guys want to see more Zack Snyder stuff watch the heck out of this movie stream it constantly and maybe yeah tweet a few hashtags here and there and you know who knows crazier things have happened so <laughs> um Rye I know that uh, your Life of Films Twitter account was taken away but uh <laughs> why don't you do have a personal Twitter account um yeah man uh if 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 people want to get a hold of you, Ryan, uh, if they want to chat with you online, how can they do that? Uh, just head to my website, lifeoffilms.com. Uh, anyone can get in touch with me there. And yeah, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Life of Films Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, 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 Brian. If uh, I mean, uh, most people probably already know how to get a hold of you, but uh, for those who don't, uh, how can people reach out to you online? Uh, just at drmovienews1 on Twitter. Very good. Gentlemen, thank you once again. Really appreciate it. Um, enjoy this movie. Enjoy this conversation with you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back for another podcast uh, hopefully soon. Um, we're still kind of figuring things out here at Backseat Directors, but uh, we know we'll be back. But, listeners, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Sci-fi and westerns and classics, documentaries, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. So find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone. 